Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. For those of you joining us for the first time, Bad Storytellers is a podcast about a small group of amateur writers who submit and critique each other's work as well as discuss the written media we consume. It's like a book club but with a wider focus. Our group submissions are shared on our website, badstorytellers.com, and you can download them there if you'd like to read along with us. Additionally, we also accept your submissions for critique. If you would like some feedback with the same candor that we give each other, send in your submission to badstorytellers at gmail.com. Entries must be 10 pages or less. Additionally, at the end of each show, we roll the dice, pick three genres, and come up with a movie idea. Once we decide upon a name, we record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. All right, so uh, here we are, another episode of Bad Storytellers. This is, this is our first one since our debut on Nerdy Show, so we are now part of the official Nerdy Show family. Woo! Thank you for joining us. Yeah, and thanks uh, for letting us join you in your ears. I'm happy to be the black sheep of another family. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Josh. I'm your host. Uh, with me today is Max. Hello. Liam. Kamikaze. And Doug is absent today because he is sick. So how are you guys? Doing well. Well. Feeling good. Yeah. Got back to the gym. Play, play, played a show. Yeah. That, that was, was fun. Good. Gymnasium. Saw gym. Refused. That was tight. Yeah. I saw Refused as well. Yeah. It was super great. We, you were at the same place. I didn't see you. Yeah, we rode together. I know. <laughs> and I refused to look at you. <laughs> Let's talk about what we consumed yes. between this and episode 20. Liam. Uh, the thing I've been mainly watching is Lady Dynamite, Maria Bamford's Netflix original show. I love her so much. Her show's kick ass. It's great. There's a lot of meta humor. There's a lot of jokes about jokes and jokes about show business. And I, I, I kind of file it under kind of the Louis, Mark Marin, Masters of None thing that's going on where it's like reimagining Seinfeld. Right. But if you could be on HBO and do whatever the hell you want and be really crazy. Yeah. It's super funny. But it's also definitely not for everyone. Apparently, it was re- like the reviews on Netflix for the first two days were really, really bad because not ever, like the wrong people were watching it. The wrong people? Uh, people who would not find that entertaining. She it is it is an acquired taste. Yeah, I I really dug her YouTube show, the Maria Bamford show, and I've heard that's a great <laughs> metric. So if if you like that, yeah, and it, in like in like a five to ten minute chunk, then you probably like this show. But if that's not your bag, then Oh, and I do want to add one thing to it because uh, it was something that it took me like three episodes to figure out. There are three distinct timelines in the show. There's her before her mental breakdown, <laughs> during her mental – like her <laughs> treatment. It's a constant theme. Yeah. Uh, her treatment for her mental – well, this was like yeah. – this is a thing that happened oh. pretty recently. Like she was in Duluth, Minnesota for a year <laughs> and a half because she just lost her shit. Uh, so there's before her mental breakdown, while she's in Duluth like recovering and then when she moves back to L.A., and they do not expressly tell you that. They just 
go between them, and you kind of have to figure it out for yourself. So I wish someone would have told me that there were three distinct stages in his in her life that we were viewing. So now I could have made go, sense of it. Now I need to rewatch them. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm down. Anything else? Not really. No, it's been a been a weird week. You played a played a lot of uh, music and uh, a lot of saw a lot, a lot of, of Fallout. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Fallout. A lot of as Fallout. Well. Well, so what about you, Max? I am in a World War II kick. I guess I'm reading Citizen Soldiers now, which is about like um, non commissioned officers and lieutenants in World War II and the invasion of Normandy. I watched The Desert Fox about Rommel. Was that a movie? Yeah, it was made in 1951, I believe. It is a movie. It's about Rommel and his life, and then it's written by a um, a British officer who was captured and then became obsessed with Rommel, and he found his family and everything. Rommel's family, he talked to all the German officers and the English officers about him. He's one of the most fascinating characters of World War II. Yeah, he was... Was I really dude. like Captain America. He's my most fascinating <laughs> character of World War II. Red Skull, if you really get in there, I mean... <laughs> Who doesn't have a soft spot for Red Skull? <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> uh, that's I, true, yeah. I don't either. Am I am I Captain America? No. In this group? Oh. You would know. Yeah. Do you have a shield? <laughs> I do, actually. Oh, well maybe. I have a plastic version of that shield. Is that is, is plastic is basically vibranium, guys. I from what I hear it, that's true. Yeah. But his shield isn't only vibranium, right? Isn't it? It's vibranium. Vibranium I, yeah, and I don't know. It's like the specific kind. Fuck that. It's we're about to get into like it's, Unint- it's, it's, Waka- it's Wakanda vibranium, which is different than Antarctic vibranium, which yeah, exactly. does a different thing. I was gonna say because I think it's mixed with uh, you know like iron from other places well, has actually, different properties. To, to be fair, it does. Like, yeah. you know, you could tell if an iron like yeah. they found out that King Tut's dagger was made of meteor. Mm-hmm. It's meteor iron, which is pretty awesome. Which is tight. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I watched Clerks. Yeah, again, just because I love it. And Kevin Smith is my homie. Wait, you know Kevin Smith? No. You have, invite him on the podcast. Doug met him. Because Doug, Doug is in his movie. <laughs> Doug is in like the first few minutes of Tusk, oh, cutting his leg off. That movie is crazy. Did you recognize Doug? No. <laughs> I watched I. it before I met Are Doug. Are you serious? Yeah. You didn't recognize Doug? Yeah, Doug is totally in that movie. He's the he's the uh, the kid who cuts off his own leg, and then they have a funeral for him, and and his picture is huge need, at the funeral. I need I to rewatch it. <laughs> that would feel <laughs> terrible. Yes, and for listeners, Doug is in the movie Tusk. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, Doug. <laughs> Tusk is definitely. To, to be fair, I was hammered drunk watching that. The second most damaging of the Viewerskew films. The first being Chasing Amy. No, <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite. Which, it's, um, Let's make out later. You know the VSQ logo is a clown. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Now I know the one. You're, I haven't and seen it. And it's about this dude who's like a party clown. He does birthdays, and he goes to someone's house to do a birthday party, and it's two rednecks who rape him. Jesus. And it's <laughs> graphic and terrible. I don't ever want to watch it again. So he's got the the second one. I think is coming out now. The second of the Maple Leaf trilogy. Yeah. The next one's going to be called Moose Jaws, and it's Ooh. about a moose that kills people. It's like a huge moose, and I really hope that it doesn't eat them. I hope it's just a really scary moose, the it way that, like, people. Jaws is a really scary shark. Well, I don't know. Yoga Hosers looks ridiculous. The, yeah, Yoga Hosers looks pretty good. Yeah, but Moose Jaws, it'd be awesome if it was just a really fucking scary moose. Just right? Because I'm scared yeah. of moose. They're like, they're like mammalian they're, dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, super deadly. Yeah, they're crazy scary. That would be cool. It wouldn't even have to be like a crazy moose. It could just be a regular moose, yeah. and I'd be scared. It's true, just angrier than normal, and like mm-hmm. just kills humans. Just when a, it's a moose on roids. 
I think a moose is a moose on roids. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a, a moose too far for me. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <clears throat> um, uh, and then but they else? do the, the mall rats show. Yeah, I heard about that. That would be pretty neat. Um, anything yeah. else you watch? No. I, I've been playing Hearts of Iron and that's it. What is Hearts of Iron about? World War II. Mm-hmm. And you pick any country and then guide everything they do through the conflict. You can start in 1936 or so it's like Civ? 1939. No, you're you're kind of set like as your country. You just handle uh manufacturing, industry, uh resources and your army and it's pretty hard. Sounds okay. interesting. It's a paradox game. It's Yeah, really it's a hard. paradox game. But you start in the 1930s, you have to convince your economy to go into a war economy to actually be able to do anything. After World War 1 yeah, too. Yeah. That that's England has like negative 50% to recruitment because of World War One. Jeez. Yeah. And you have to get rid of that. So like you have to convince your country to go to war to do the fun thing you're there in the game for. So it's a lot of hours of just like waiting for things to click up before you can do anything interesting. Oh, it's like a Facebook game. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you pick, Not really. I know. I'm joking, you can pick but... one of the major countries and jump right in and have terrible things happen to you. Well, that's good. But if you start a small country to learn, it's just kind of boring. I'm going to Ireland. That's my playthrough Canada. now. And it's like that's I I uh, manufacturing played, is so low. When I played Universal uh, mm-hmm. Europe or Europa Universalis, yeah, you I know. started out as as Ireland and then conquered all of Scotland. It was fun. <laughs> the cool thing about the um, the ultimate thing would do, to be would be to start as Ireland and conquer England. Trying, trying you're, you're so working hard on it right now. Oh, okay. I put in two hundred hours into that game, <laughs> and it's only like it's still only like sixteen twenty. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. it's, it's well. Okay. I had to. I had to kill my own children, kind of a lot. Oh, because they were they were trying, trying to take to my throne. Yeah. yeah, but the uh, multiplayer on the uh, Hearts of Iron, you can pick a country and have as many people play in that country as you want. Huh. So it's good for like group gaming because like one person could do army, one person could do navy, air force. Then you could have like a industry a total microman, and you can over. just go against the the computer. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and you can follow historic and set. The computer to file historic, or you can let the computer just run wild. Running wild sounds like awesome alternate history yeah. material. Yeah, because the, the Ireland game I'm playing right now, the um, you uh, you went you won Ireland. Yeah, yeah. The Spanish Civil War <laughs> went the other way, so like really? the, com- the communists won the Spanish Civil War. Youch. Um, well, as for me, I watched one of the best documentaries I've ever seen called "Of Miracles and Men," and it's about the miracle on ice where uh, that U.S. beat the soviets in the 80s olympics and um what we call the miracle <laughs> we call well it, i mean it, it was incredible it was an incredible game yeah and it's about the soviets so the documentary is called of miracles and men referencing the miracle on ice and the movie miracle and it's about the soviets and how the the members of the soviet team were so incredible and their original coach was so awesome but then like the soviet system took over they fired the head coach that made them great and then they put the head coach of the KGB team on there. And they're like, this. The, their first guy was like a hockey artist. Like, it was all about, love your brother, do this. You know, he was like a true socialist romantic. And then uh, the next guy was like a hockey accountant. And uh, everything was down. He had a stopwatch for everything. It was incredible because it, it, it goes from being a story about how good these guys were at hockey. And then they lose to the Americans. But then the NHL is like, hey, if you want to play with us, like, please. It becomes one Soviet players struggle against the entire USSR government to get an international visa so that he can work overseas. And he's the first Soviet citizen to do it. 
tight. It is. That's awesome. It uh, uh, like it's. I don't want to spoil anything because there's mm-hmm. some amazing moments in it. But it, it, uh, even if you don't care anything about hockey, the ending image of this movie will bring you to tears in just like how triumphant it is. Which it's if so you good. don't like hockey, I will fight you. <laughs> Just and if make, you do, and if you do like hockey, I, like hockey, you can they can fight you as well, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, by playing hockey. As long as we're playing hockey, I, I yeah. just want to watch Goon again now. That movie's so good. I love Goon. <laughs> I also, finally got my wife to watch it. Also, I saw In Bruges. Yes. Um, I was warned against it by Doug. I know Doug hates this movie. He's gonna, oh. he's probably going to be fuming that he's not on this podcast to tell me <laughs> how wrong. <laughs> that. But I, I, I like that. Not. I was like, I want him. I want a rebuttal next. Yeah, next time I'll, I'll, I'll hear it. But uh, what's wrong with that movie? I. I really liked it, and um, I realize that it's kind of self-indulgent at times. Oh, it's super self-indulgent like, because but that's of the long the conversations. Fun. But I felt like this was the movie I expected Tarantino to write after Reservoir Dogs. You know what I mean? Like it, it's very, it's right in that same low-key, low-budget, just about the dialogue and like and like criminals dealing with personal honor. And I don't know, it was good. I liked it. I love it. I think it's a great movie. Brandon Gleason is amazing. Uh, yeah, Brian he's so Gleason. good. Mm-hmm. His so, second so best movie. I mean, everybody's Garden. good in it. I, I'm not that big of a Colin Farrell fan, but he's yeah, good. He's funny. And Ray Fiennes is fantastic as, yeah. as the mob boss. I also finished a very long book that uh, I'm recommending to Liam specifically called Altered Carbon. And it's about a guy who has all these uh, – basically solving a noir-style mystery in the future. Uh, he was a colonialist and then has to go back to Earth and is wearing somebody else's body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you started yeah, talking I was about – I was, telling, I was talking about that last time. Um, it is – noir as fuck <laughs> but especially because he's not even a cop like he's just a detective that has to do what he has to do because of some shit that went down uh, between this guy and another and everybody's it's about power moves and and uh him being caught between several what they call meths which are methuselahs which are people who are 300 years or older and just keep re-uploading re, re uh renewing their bodies and stuff and are super politically powerful for yeah. that reason yeah for that reason so it's about him kind of unraveling the web of bullshit that all these different meths have going for him and uh sticking it to him the sex scenes in the book are incredibly graphic not in a bad way i'm just like you know i'm reading and i'm like whoa okay yeah and then i that is p and the g yeah, yeah wow but then it gets to the fight scenes and i'm like oh this is just as graphic and then he'll get to like he walks into a club and you hear his description of it you're like oh this is just how this guy describes stuff like it's He's it's very you never don't know exactly what you're looking at. Like he'll describe lots of lots of characters down to the finest detail just so that when an event happens and they act like, you know, everything about what's going on. Can you imagine hanging out with him, though, like asking him a question and you're just there for a half hour? (laughs) All right, dude. Thank you. Was it raining? Well, I'm okay. So, you know, I like dogs, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also watch more X-Files and more Deep Space Nine. We're in Deep Space now. Oh, I also end of season four. Deep Space Nine today. Yeah? I forgot. Yeah. I watched um, If Wishes Were Horses, and then that's the one where Rumpelstiltskin is on. Oh, board the... God damn it. I, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing about Star Trek. Episode. Like, they're like, I am, we're all science, and then they just get silly. Like, Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. And the f- fattest baseball player I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, the Japanese guy. Yeah, so, so yeah. it's like fat Japanese guy. And like, he's the greatest he's of the all greatest time. greatest baseball player ever. It's like, did they have to choose... Uh, like, like I said, I, I believe got, that the, I believe the the man who plays Gold Ducat is a real alien named Gold Ducat. I believe that Michael Dorn is Worf. No, that, no, I, I I believe that Michael Dorn is Worf when he goes home. I'm glad I, you I, pref- I, like I, clarified that because I was like, you I, think the guy on Star Trek is a real alien? They found. I do not believe that Commander Cisco likes baseball. 
No. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I just don't believe I don't. it. Even when he's like, I love baseball. They, like, they I, believe, I believe Jake. I believe yeah. Jake when he's like, I like baseball. And I believe the lady that uh, Cisco's trying to seduce yeah. where her brother plays baseball, I believe she likes baseball. Anytime he talks about baseball, he sounds like He's describing it out of a book. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, I don't think they, he, I don't think the actor's ever been to a baseball game. They should have gone with something the actor really loves, because like as it turns out, he's a crazy great like piano player and like jazz enthusiast. He's a super weirdo. That would be awesome. To just that would be that. amazing. Do you like jazz? <laughs> he's yeah, like, I, I buy that instead of <laughs> baseball. <laughs> would you like to see a game of baseball? Go get the hot. Dogs, you know, it's, it's so, it's yeah. so alien. <laughs> Didn't the MLB like die two hundred years before it was born? Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So they canceled. But they, they keep it alive. In, yeah, in well, the, I think the one of the we well, one of the things wrote, they, he said he wrote it in what? the episode I watched today. He's like, yeah, I wrote the entire Hollow Sweet baseball program. He put in all the stats yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when they describe it, they're like, "Oh, no one's played a game of baseball in 150 years." But then, but then the lady's brother is, he started up a league. Well, he's just in a first, league yeah. in, in, on a on different planet. But yeah, no one like before them, no one had done it in a while, like forever. That doesn't make it. You, why would you ever stop playing baseball? I don't know. Eugenics war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good point. That's how. That's how they explain a lot of things. Right? Just eugenics war. Yeah, but I mean, people didn't stop playing baseball during Vietnam or, or World War Two. No, they played it in the jungle. I bet. Yeah. But like, so the sport was dead. He looks back a hundred years to find what he's gonna do. I, no, I think. Know. I think baseball is just a tradition, but maybe the MLB isn't. And his poor kid is like born into it and can't do anything. He's stuck. He loves baseball. Jake loves baseball. Jake, but nobody else loves baseball. I bet Nog would like baseball if Nog ever tried it. He's yeah, but like you, he made his son a weird ass kid, just like every other baseball father. That's true. You know, yeah, not as yeah. bad as uh, here, son. Here's a stats book. <laughs> I'm gonna be a writer, Dad. Dude, no, I, <laughs> Jake, I, Jake should be the unofficial mascot of this show. I do, I do. I was like, I do have to say, like <laughs> a guy who writes too little. Wait, I think. Wait, I was like, <laughs> regrets for the rest of his life. There was a big. There was a big day when like my dad bought two baseball almanacs for the previous year, and he was like, "You'll need this." <laughs> like I will, Dad. How could you see? How could you already know the kind of nerd I'm going to be? All right, guys. Well, let's move on to our own writing, and we have a guest submission bum, today. Bum, bum, yes, um, the lovely Jeffrey McSorley Jr. The lovely Jeffrey McSorley Jr. sent us in some of his work for on-air criticism. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that last. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll go into that. We'll do our own stuff first. And then, Jeff, uh, you're going to get both barrels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, one Spoiler thing I, alert. I hated it. Before I get into it, I just want to um, thank everybody who's been leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes. If you don't feel like you, you want to write anything as a review, if you leave us a rating, we really appreciate it. It definitely helps us gain exposure you know, among the other writing podcasts. So please, please, please. Rate us, review us, and and we absolutely read them. Don't worry. Also, like Jeff here, if you want to write into the podcast or just give us feedback, you can contact us at badstorytellers at gmail.com. So, Liam, you didn't bring something yeah. in today. But... I got I got I got a problem. All right, let's talk and, about uh, it. And I need I need to you guys to help me flesh out a scene. Because rather than starting on the trip for winter, I want to start in the middle of things with the two characters already captured and away from them, their homeland feeling kind of shitty. Oh, so it's like a framing device yeah. for 
Okay. And then I'll, I'll I'll continue telling both stories at the same time. And then when, as they're like blossoming into adulthood, they do something or discover a lesson in the next chapter, it'll help them solve their current problem in the present. Now, they're captured together? Uh, one is captured first and the other one goes to save them. Sorry, I mean, but... They're, it, they're in the same boat, yeah. So they're both, they, it, you're, you're thinking of making it so they're both captured to start with? Yes. Okay. Leading up to that point, they're like, how'd you get here? Well, what happened then? Like, and that, that kind of frames the story? Is that what you're... No. No, it's uh, just kind of like a more memory. Like they're sitting there in the desert, and he's like, he's like, oh, it's it's cold because they're it's just nighttime in the desert, and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. He's like, but this isn't what real cold is like. And then you don't know cold. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I like that. Or like people trying to figure out why they're such good friends. Because you're saying they're going to be in a city that everyone just betrays each other all the oh, time. Yeah. I wonder how long it took them. To actually get like it took the ox to actually get there to meet up with the fox. Yeah. Like, did it take a couple years? You know, like maybe that could be. Interesting I was thinking too. like a month, like a month and a half. Okay, not forever. Month. So when he sees him, he's like, "It's not been like I haven't seen you for forever, brother." The ox hasn't gotten you know swole as hell. Yeah, you could have like a training montage. Uh, no, parts of him fire. Where he's like pushing something heavy I, in a circle. I would, I would almost say like they they start going through just the campaign and just the the needing to march all the time. You just start shedding weight. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. What do you um, if you want to frame it that way, are you starting the chronological, the, the earliest chronological part of your story? Are you starting where uh, the winter march happened? Yes. Okay. That would be well. I mean, there might be one or two bits of information before that, but that's where the the second main plot line is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I just want to know um, the problem I'm having is finding out what information to tell in their adventure story mm-hmm. versus their their childhood story, and that's the, like, what do I let drop drop in the first chapter? Well, I think maybe plotting out everything that happened until they met, not. You don't have to go afterwards, mm-hmm. but that would give you a good place to start as to what's different about them now no. in that month and a half. That what's changed because, like specifically, what they're wearing, what they're. Oh no, that are. I got. No, that I got. It's it's what the the reader needs from their characterization because it's not being re- released as things are happening. Like sometimes the thing that you like, you need to find out something that happened beforehand to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Like. I want the ox to just know like two or three extra languages, okay? Because um, he's a good, st- like he's a good, thorough, dedicated student in the way that the fox just isn't. He's smart, but he just mm-hmm. doesn't give a shit about that. He's like, eh, whatever. Um, so you mean like maybe a guard I, speaks a different language that the fox doesn't? But I was thinking that it'd be fun for the ox to know, be able to speak it the entire time, but only until you learn it in the past that he knows that mm-hmm. for some reason that he would be able to like, oh how do what do you keep from the reader i like that how do you express information to the reader in the right order yeah and how do you do that in an interesting manner and that's is, that's is, a worry the, too because you don't want it to seem like deus ex machina yeah like, like where it, he's like superman where every time there's a new problem he just I has like, a hidden new power what i know? would say is you could do that with like facial reactions to where he doesn't want to show the guards that he understands what you're saying but he would still like kind of react to their words. Well, I'm, I was thinking he just like he wouldn't talk to them because he just doesn't talk to. But them I mean, you could like give his shit, you know, kind of foreshadow for the audience that he understands. And then when they find out later, like, oh shit, because yeah. he was. Yeah, there's a uh, bunch of ways to do um, the language thing. Either like the guards speak it and uh, Clovis doesn't, or uh, he could be dressed as a guard trying to break him out and speaking their language. And none of the, if none of the guards speak the same language as Clovis. Mm-hmm. Bard has to pretend that he doesn't understand him too. Yeah. 
There's a bunch of different scenes you can you can come up with that if they're in fact already captured or, or something. The thing that I know that I want is I want them to start in a cell, half burying themselves in sand, just because there's, there's no other insulation and just mm-hmm. the temperatures are dropping and they, they get to the oxygen to himself that this isn't what cold is like. He remembers what true cold is and leading into without directly telling anyone what's going on that he's not from this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the main thing you're establishing is like he's a fish out of water starting in this place and then the next chapter is this is how he became a man i would even like um they're coming from a a communist society right oh yeah completely like well not, yeah. even communists is, is bad to like it's a, i know it's, but it's a that's a that's a, a yeah, yeah. Like, that's a loaded kind of political well, suggestion yeah. it's not like, large enough to be communist yeah. it's more just mm-hmm. of a commune. It's, it's more along the lines of like they have to work together or they'll die yeah so what if like they go up and like to a restaurant or they just take food because food is just something that's for people. That's a good they idea. They don't understand the of... idea of payment or anything, and that gets them into trouble. Or, or if they have something and they just give it to somebody, you know, because mm-hmm. they like somebody gives them something that they don't immediately need, and they mm-hmm. see somebody who does, and they're like, mm-hmm. "There you go," mm-hmm. and it upsets some kind of maybe the person that gave it to them. You know, <laughs> he's like, "Why would you give? Like, is it worthless to you that you gave it away?" And he's like, well, "They have greater need." I mean, basically, what you're saying is you want to write a piece of communist propaganda, um, which I think we can all get behind. Right? Yeah. No war yeah. will result. This program, right? Yeah, bad, bad capitalists. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I could actually, I qualify for that. You run a store, <laughs> exactly, but not very well. Okay. <laughs> so, what, what else is there? Is, 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 do you want to, to make a, a specific scene? Or are you just looking for? I'm, I'm, I'm looking really like just shot I'm in the looking, dark ideas. Yeah, well, I'm looking for something to con like heavily contrast the winter wonderland. That was their um, their home, and let you understand that it's not a story about children. It's about not stopping being a child, mm-hmm. kind of in a way, but not in the, not in a hokey coming of age story. Where at the end they're only a year older. Like, well, I'm a man now. It's it's the the story of their entire lives. Okay, where do you want it to end up? Um, bloodbath. Well, I mean, like just both characters die. Is that? Oh no, okay. uh, they can they could totally live. It's just that every. Everything around them, every society around them needs to have been – explodes. Just pitched against each other. It would be cool to see Clovis in some kind of leader role. Like if things really hit the fan and then he's like, let me get this. Like let me – just listen to me everybody and he could pull people out of the fire. He's responsible for saving everybody and Bart's responsible for getting him to the spot where he could do that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's a long uh, later down the line. I need them to not be captured anymore. Mm-hmm. But I also know one of the things in the beginning where like they think about escaping, and Clovis is like, "You could totally break this cage. Like, there's, I know you can." And he's like, "Even if we did, it's a hundred miles of desert in any direction, and we have no water. Like, mm-hmm. we'll just, it's the bars are nothing." I like that idea of letting the carriage take them to where they're going. Yeah, it was like. We're dealing. We're dead. If like if they just decided to leave us, we'd die. And then I, I have to find a scene where they are found useful and get to not be captured anymore. And they have no reason to return because uh, I haven't. Again, I haven't gotten to this. But if you desert your post, if you leave, yeah, you just can't come back. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think there's the problem is I don't have an outline. Yeah, that's why I always I always default to that when I when I feel like I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I just I don't have an outline, so it's it's hard to pitch within the same context you know what i mean i feel like you got a good starting spot mm-hmm. i mean i, there, I like, so well, many I like it, well i like it better than the, the original starting spot i have because i don't i want to have different points and then i want to draw lines to them mm-hmm. and that way i get to do that better 
and I get to do that with the reader rather than me doing it on my own and telling it chronologically, like straight chronologically. Right. But you, you should know what the chronological chronology, story is because yes. that'll that'll if you have the chronology of when they were kids laid out, then you have to figure out the chronology of the adventure now yeah. that they've caught up with each other so that you can figure out where to put those stories to build it, you know. But what about you, Max? I brought in another piece on my Sinclair's Reindeer piece. It is kind of a juxtaposition of the last piece I brought in to where this is the upper class talking about the battle instead of the lower class officer just sitting in a in a bar. I liked how different it was yeah. from the uh, from the last one. I think you could put one right after the other, right next to each other, and it would work. Yeah, and um, there's there's a, a lot of little tiny bits of humor that work. The, the mention of the mother was great. There is one thing I think I really need. Yes, and that's when he mentions the uh, the wolves. Mm-hmm. And the I lions. I need I think I need more from the captain to be like. In his in again in a kind of an internal monologue, okay. where I was like, "He's no, he's no wolf," or, or he calls himself a lion. Remember the general does? He's like, "We the you know yeah. the gentry, yeah. we're lions." This guy ain't no lion. Yeah, you know. There, I think there. I want uh, more. I see what you're saying. I want I want a, from the captain a little more of internal internal distancing while staying because the fact that he would even like they say like, "Oh, you have a problem sharing mm-hmm. credit." You have that outward slip up. I want to see the inward mechanism that cause like causes him to require himself to do that. Okay. Maybe he doesn't respect lions the way that these guys do. Because if you think about a male lion, yeah. yeah, you know, all it does is sit around and breed all day, and every once in a while has to fight another male lion. But the female lions do yeah. all the work, you know. <laughs> so or, or, there could be a fun metaphor. Where he's like, I've he's like, I never never enjoyed the company of actual lions and. Mm-hmm. Wolves definitely are savage beasts, but my my lieutenant is is a trusted dog. Not to mention, lions are more male lions are more likely to eat their own young. Yeah, you know, so, something like that. Like if yeah, if there's I'm some commentary where where run a line because he is aristocratic and he believes they are better than the common man, but he also sees evidence that that's not true. And he's, oh, he, and he, yeah, he's he's goal oriented. Mm-hmm. But I, so yeah, like, I, I want yeah. I want just a little aside, a little shot into that guy's but, head. But even to, that, you to do distance him. A you do more. know that he feels that way. Yes. After yeah. reading this, I don't want to. I don't want mm-hmm. us to tell you that, like, to belabor the point. Like, One little thing, like, about his true feelings about that guy in his own head, mm-hmm. not yeah. filtered through bullshit. And maybe if you want him to to be like, he does believe that the people are more noble. If you have somebody to juxtapose that guy against, like, like. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
you know, so-and-so did this and did this and did this. And uh, then this yeah. guy's like, I'm a lion. And he's fat and he's an asshole, you know. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I could definitely add that in. I am trying to get more into the heads of the character. You have. Who I'm writing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're already getting there. Yeah, and you're, 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 and mm-hmm. you're doing it the right way, which is stuff is happening around them. And then your characters act. And a lot of times that'll give you the mm-hmm. the the moment. It's difficult to get his opinion on a on a character that's not directly in the scene, though, without having a little inner monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean that'll change as the actual story itself has more substance. Mm-hmm. You know, like if like once you've got once you know where you want the novel to end, it's going to be easier to find those great moments. Are you Murder- trying to say outline? Yes, <laughs> murder suicide. By the way, that's how it's got to end. Um, yeah, I spend a lot of time on a. Um, a British website that tells you, like, if you have to write a letter to the queen, how to do it. Oh, really? So I was doing, like, dukes and counts and everything because it's... I love the uh, duke's name in this one. Volding? No, it, let me hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Apparently it's title, their job, then who they are and where they're from. Like, the English use earls instead of counts. So you have an earl and a countess. Mm-hmm. But you won't have a count. And then there's people who are related to the royal family are different. They're... Yeah, this was uh, Admiral Lord Walton Broad Count Kimple. Yes. That's that's great. I, I love that. I'm trying to go more German than English, but kind of a mix of the two. Walton Broad. Like if the Normans never invaded England kind of. I like that. Yeah, I like that feel because yeah. it feels more haunted. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Cool. I don't have a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's two pages. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, There's not but, all uh, that much to but I'm just trying to get a feel more of the world. There was something I wanted to happen now, but writing this, I realized there's not enough time for like the revolution to kick off. Yeah, I, I like would I'm, wait for I'm the revolution. Send him like... on another, send him on another mission. Mm-hmm. When he comes back, like shit's hitting the fan. Has he ever been to the place where the revolution is? It's going to be there. Oh, okay. He's he's in the colonial capital, mm-hmm. so he's going to leave and come back, and things are just going to be nuts. Cool. Yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, but it is. I I agree with you that it's too. Too soon to have a revolution because you don't know enough about the status quo for the revolution yeah. to, to have weight. Uh, as for me, I brought in uh, kind of my <laughs> the end of chapter five because I wanted to transition to everything that's coming after chapter five, which is a lot. I, I need to kind of kick it off. It's basically Malcolm starts working in the village and he starts learning under Kilvin and he finds out that Kilvin is going to start teaching him his hrang which is like the martial art but it's also like a set of rules to live by and 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 uh it's specific to each house and uh i feel like i got there a little too fast like i like the relationship with the one? children yeah i mean i'm gonna agree with you but you hit every major note right oh okay even because there's that the moment where he just like even does something stupid enough to get meat and there's a change in the children after that immediately mm-hmm. that i liked they were just like, meat, yay. That was enough <laughs> reason to like Malcolm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in Like even in my head, the slow buildup of figuring out that there are different clans in and, and you didn't have to show a, a, the basic teaching moment. You got to go a couple days in or, or a weekend, however far mm-hmm. in he is. It was, like, like, it was like two days at uh, <clears throat> working. Yeah. One, yeah. And this is his first day hauling rubble. Rock, yeah. Yeah. 
And also, I like how that set up where like he's he's stauncher, he's more than, he's stronger than, than the Wilvix. So they're already setting that up. There's there's a lot of foreshadowing and kind of a good solid plot points that you're hitting real hard. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but then I also just, it ended really sweet and I loved it. Yeah, that part was a little rushed, maybe to me. Like, I, I, that's what felt like, rushed for me. Yeah, well, you're in our ring and everything, and it's like I think that could have been led up to a little more. Yeah, more because Kilvin wouldn't be like. No, oh, squee, come on in. You know, <laughs> he's more of a dour guy. Yeah, I don't think he would let the you know the other one tell him. I, I think it might be better received. What about like an initiation scene, <laughs> like trial by fire? Yeah. Well, I was thinking it might be better received if I make it more clear. If I show a scene where everybody disapproves of Kilvin even teaching this kid anything, because then. You get the idea that Kilvin is kind of gets pissed off when people tell him what to do, and that would be a better motivation for him doing this sooner rather than later. Yeah, I like that. Like that's a good plan. Do you guys get? Are you guys getting enough? This is my big thing is I haven't really described the Wilvix themselves and the different clans. I want to do that next because when Kilvin's teaching him, you know, it's an info dump basically. But um, do you guys have a good sense of what things look like in the village? There's everything is made of like trees and vines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Except uh, for the stuff that's made out of rock. Yeah. yeah. Well, that now is seems to be like that grew as a bigger part of what mm. is made of that in my head f- through this chapter. Okay. The giant circle tree in the middle. Okay. The cut down one. Yep. I guess. I, I guess. Uh. All. I, all I, it's so, just yeah, supposed to be a transition. Ri- there's oh, a yes. river. Ru- yeah. There's a river running through it. Um, in my head, I see it as like the last samurai. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that's a good where they finally accept him and yeah. he starts learning and that kind of thing. That's a good parallel. Maybe I'll look into how that does it <laughs> a little better. Except for Malcolm didn't uh, kill Kilvin's wife. It's true. Or does he? No, he doesn't. Oh. I've already got that backstory locked up. Or does he? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> he lands in this new planet. No. I could say it's slower too. <laughs> he wakes up out of the bathroom and he's laying on like a dead animal. And he's like, oh, weird. And he keeps walking. Maybe I'll eat this. That'd be terrible. He walks into the village with her fur like... Wrapped He's covered in her blood, just yeah. like, I'm so cold, please let me in. <laughs> Sees that they're all the same species, and he goes, oh. oh. <laughs> then oh, it's just, no. it's like 600 pages of chase. <laughs> like <laughs> That would be awesome. So, all right, let's get on to our first uh, internet submission. Yes. So this is by Jeffrey McSorley Jr. Uh, it's called Dawn of Magic, and it is the prologue to a story. Now, I don't know what the story is. Nope. But I'm stoked for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you did a lot of you did a lot of stuff right in this, Jeff. You didn't have me. You didn't have me. And then at the end, you had me. Oh no, he had me in the worst way by the second paragraph, where like I even like audibly said like, oh no. Yeah, he he he, he you held it up to your face and went, oh no, this is gonna be sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I I like how you um how you started it here, Jeff. You do you do a bunch of stuff um. Where you – in the first two paragraphs, you really make the descriptions work for you. They do a lot of work for you in this. There's there's maybe a couple things are a little over-described, but the tone I get from it is perfect. I mean you really nail the horror of being stuck in this woman's body Yeah, uh, over everything. And then um, – Like I became slightly physically uncomfortable reading it. Yeah. I mean it, it, it felt like – especially when the, the guards give her the smoothie and knock her out. By the way, if, if anybody wants to read along, it's going to be posted on the website. Um, you can read as well. But there's a moment where where she gets upset because she can she can tell that people 
are talking about her and she has Alzheimer's and she won't let them feed her her food. She wants to she wants to eat her food on her own and they like grab her and try to force feed her and it's it's very stressful. It's a stressful scene because uh, it's it's kind of like the birth scene in Rosemary's Baby. Ugh. You know, where everybody just grabs her and they're forcing her and she doesn't know what's going on and, and that kind of thing. And then at the end of this this story, she wakes up in a young body and everybody in the hospital has been like mummified and she steals the life force unknowingly. Yeah. Like, like un, not on purpose. She sees it happen from a like the head nurse who slumped over a desk. Mm-hmm. I of all like the left turn is really good. I like where it's going. But I, I, I think of the there's there's the work that's to be done in this is to be done in, like, the last half a page. Because mm-hmm. it goes into, into into a great description, like, in great detail of, of how young she is. Mm-hmm. I almost want that to be stretched out more. Um, like, how it feels. How it feels, and when she, like, rather than just, like, noticing that she doesn't have liver, like, she notices she doesn't have liver spots, I want her to get up and try and do stuff immediately. Like, if she's feeling fresh and going, and, like, she discovers someone else... And then she sees that she no longer has gray hair. Rather than going all young imagery up front and then everyone being mummified, you could spread out the young imagery mm-hmm. and kind of pepper it in. And I think that would be more effective. Maybe. Uh, maybe and also, maybe, and also maybe, connect it, the two directly in. Well, I think um, – so the purpose of this prologue is served by what you well, – I'm, I'm assuming at least because we don't know the rest yeah. of your story. So we don't, we don't you know, know what's coming or anything like that. If she's the main character of your story – I think the only things you need to change about this is establish what she wants normally, like what's normally within her life that she can't have anymore or if there's somewhere she wanted to go or family members she wanted to see or something like that so that when you see her – I don't know how separate this prologue is but but usually it is separate from the main events of the story. So if this is months before the, the time of your story because this is the dawn of magic and then – you skip ahead in time. Yeah. Or like uh, they I, I, mentioned that she has a doll. <clears throat> Someone gave her the doll. Right. right. I, I, we I don't, wanna, even, we know, don't even get to know that person's name. Right. I want to know more about her personally and the things she misses about being young. So maybe when we see her later. And if I read it right. And this is all assumption. I, don't, I mean, like I said, we have no idea what's coming. But but just more about what she wants other than just not to be old. And he had me intrigued because when the, the bodies are puffing up, doesn't he say she knows what's happening when the body puffs the crimson? Yeah. So now that's a whole other turn where it's like, does she know what's happening? I think, yeah, she screams and uh, – Yeah, and it just goes into her. And she feels younger the moment it happens. So it's like – I don't know. I would, I would imagine she knows what's happening because it's obvious. OK. That or, or but, is it – But like I said, she, I don't know for sure. Yeah, maybe she – this has happened before. Right. So so this is yeah. good because um, she's like a, a time vampire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeff, we like it. Um, keep up the good work. Like I said, without without knowing more about your story, it's hard to give you feedback on what needs to change except for, like I said, if you're going to reuse this character, I need to know more about – Her motivation as a character. Her motivation, what she's lost up to this point other than just her youth. Um, and you, you give and little family, hints yeah. – yeah, you give little hints about uh, about her family, but but nothing really that that leaves us kind of wondering what she's going to do with this next. Uh, other than this is a crazy situation, we have no idea what anybody would do. Thank you for sending it in. Yeah, but thank you. And if any any of you guys want to send in your stuff for criticism, uh, this was very good, Jeff. We appreciate this. Send it to badstorytellers@gmail.com. It has to be ten pages or less. Do not get screwy with the font size. We will know. <laughs> Even Max's font is a little too small, in my opinion. I use eleven. Yeah, well, I use 12. Yeah, I use 12. So please MLA use 12. handbook, man. <laughs> I threw that away when I got my degree. <laughs> Good, because you're a teacher now. Yeah. Yeah, great. 
Nope. I have three editions <laughs> of that stupid thing. Actually, as a Let's teacher, I had to uh, style. Yeah, I had to find a more obscure one that teacher uh, students wouldn't know just to mess with them. <laughs> There's oh, like so a, that is the secret. Yeah, there's like a. You're, I'm so glad I get to see. Like, that's my Wizard of Oz moment. There's the a se- list. The secret you is from. you have a bunch of stuff that you want, and then you think about it a lot. That's the secret. I use Peruvian standard. It calls for a six point font. No. <laughs> Triple spacing. <laughs> it looks like college ruled paper, and, and and the font has to be Wingdings. Yeah. yeah. Or Comic Sans. Ugh. Exclusively Comic Sans. Papyrus is good too. I love Comic Sans because it, well, didn't it come from V for Vendetta? I'm, I don't know. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the copy print from V for Vendetta. Really? Comic Sans. I think it's. I think. I think Comic Sans is older than V for Vendetta. That's what I heard. If I'm wrong, um, oh well. I'm gonna look it up. We're going on air retraction. I got it. I just have to know. That's the problem. Yeah. Released in '94. No, I don't think I'm right. Microsoft, inspired by comic book lettering. Okay, inspired by comic book lettering. Yep. Oh, so well. interesting. Oh, the Dark Knight Returns. His, yeah, his decision was to create a new face based on the lettering style of comic books he had in his office, specifically the Dark Knight Returns, lettered by John Costanza. And Watchmen, that's what it was. Dave Watchmen. Gibbons. All right, so I don't have my fucking thing. Hang on. He's all out of lists. I got He's dice. so lost without them. All right, so I think um, after today, I might come up with a new list, list of genres. All right. I would like if we could take off most of the... Asian Obscure ones. Chinese ones. Not even Asian. <laughs> Just like the hopping zombies and the magistrate who has to find them. Yeah, we'll have to get rid of the hopping zombies. Because we pulled that one out Zhang of our ass. Now it's time for the bad story trailers part of the podcast where we pick three genres, roll the dice, and then come up with a movie idea based on the genres and record the trailer. Yay! Yay. Yay. Okay, guys. So this will be hopefully the last time we use this list. We're going to pick new lists in the future. We'll put Bertonian. Max, you do Byronic. the first roll. But Bertonian has to have Johnny Depp and... Uh, <laughs> oh. I can't do a Johnny Depp voice. Johnny Depp can't do a Johnny Depp voice. Eight. Which is comedy general. Cool. Comedy general. A story that tells a series of funny or comical events intended to make the audience laugh. Ooh. I've never heard of that before. Huh. Go ahead. You should, you should look into it. 84. Cyberpunk. <laughs> so are we not doing sequels anymore no oh okay that was just a one yeah we'll, we'll right. probably do another one eventually cyberpunk comedy a futuristic storyline dealing with the people who have been physically or mentally enhanced with cybernetic components often featuring cyborgs or the singularity as a major theme and generally and this was one word somewhat cynical or dystopian hence the quote punk portion of the name this is often confused or placed with techno thriller, which is actually a separate and less specialized genre. Is uh, 80s sex comedy on there? Because then we could do cyber junk. My turn. It'd be like meatballs. God damn it. 84. Cyberpunk. <laughs> All right, let's try again. Four. Four. <laughs> Four's coming up a lot. Spy fiction. Yeah, done. But this, done. This, this sounds like a comedy Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm into it. It's a spy fiction is a, st- a story about a secret agent or spy or military personnel member who is sent on a secret espionage mission. All right, so. All right. The, the man, man who, who knew, knew too little. little. <laughs> yeah. Dude. The man who knew too little. I love that movie the, so much. He just the man said, who knew too little about implants. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets. The man, the man who had his memory erased. It's giant mnemonic. So, like, um, he went into, like, a like a holodeck booth to have a vacation. 
and it turned out uh, to be like a spy thing. It was like, it's like Total Recall. Yeah. Where he's, he may still be in there. We can inject comedy into any story. Yeah. What is the uh, – let's pick the type of augment and then the story – I think the story will revolve around that. What if it's a man whose brain was transplanted into a dog? No. Wow, you said no pretty quick there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was, I was seriously yeah. considering that idea. No. Um, I, I hate – And he's a spy. I hate man do- – like <laughs> – other than Turner yeah. and Hooch, I'm off dog movies. I what if it's like an implant? I fucking hate him. You know, an actual body implant that he's not supposed to have. That sounds pretty cool. That he, he you know, either finds yeah. or buys. Well, he's, well he's, it's probably an accident because that's where the comedy, like fish out of water comedy is the easiest, I think, thing to go for. I heard somebody wanted to create a setting. Um, this is on 4chan's uh, tabletop gaming forum. They wanted to create a setting that was still in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where people were uh, grafting cartoon parts to themselves, like gorilla arms and stuff, and they were going to call it Toon Punk. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah, and you still have to solve crimes and shit. That would be dope. Yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty rad. But Can we play that? <laughs> maybe. Maybe in the future. Because imagine... We'll have to make it, though. The talking bullets, like, you would have... Oh, that'd be so sweet. Oh. Yeah. The singing sword. Yes. Hmm. So are we going with implants? Or are we going with um, in the head stuff? Or implants? I just finished a cyberpunk noir novel, yeah. Yeah. and you can like trans transplant people into different bodies and shit. What if he's like like a low level hacker or scammer or something? Kind of any like stumbles upon something. Yeah, puts his consciousness into something he's not supposed to be in, and mm-hmm. they're coming for him. Maybe it has something to do with pornography. That I mean that Usually. is like that, maybe, yeah. maybe that gets, is ripe for comedy or awful. Maybe he like. It, there's like extreme VR porn, and he like tries to dig through the net to find people's like personal VR porn, and then one of them turns out to be like a secret meeting for military codes or something. That it's all done through uh, cheesy sex dialogue. Yes, so I like, like that. That's funny enough. The, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but they're all like <laughs> naked women in their avatars. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. I heard you needed some plumbing done. And it's like, yes, the eagle has landed in the plumbing <laughs> or something stupid. Who who are you? I need to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> they look over and you're in the corner. <laughs> who's who's, this, who's, who's this that guy? guy? Who let that guy? <laughs> it was like, he's part of the program, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he has to pretend to just. <laughs> he says, That's like, terrible. Wiping away. <laughs> So if, if so if it's like Joint Chiefs of Staff and like yeah. criminals are meeting in VR porn to do business, yeah. and he has to pretend he's part of the program <laughs> yeah. so that they don't kill him. Yes. <laughs> oh baby. So how's it? Despite so so okay, so the government, like the FBI or whatever, finds out about this and he he like reports it. Yeah, and they're like, we don't know enough about this to do this. We're gonna have to have we're gonna have to wear a, a digital wire in your head, and you're gonna have to go into all these porno. <laughs> You're just going there can even these... be a montage of sorry, wrong one. Why does that guy keep showing up in these? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it's like it's a weird programming. When, you, when you watch enough porn and that one guy's always there and you're like, what is he doing here? God, or, I hate the way he, he or just faces. That, or that one living room or like like IKEA so, set I, shows up we, all the time. We were sitting like, oh it's weird. We were sitting at dinner, this big group of us, and uh somebody's like, Oh, they even had an episode of this anime show that was in that Japanese pool. And I'm like, what Japanese pool? And they're like, this one from all the Japanese pornos. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then somebody pulls up a picture of it on the phone, and I go, oh, uh. I have seen that. <laughs> I have seen that pool. I saw a man throw somebody in there while, uh, you know, um, doing ma- stuff, making love. Sorry, nerdy show. 
Okay, so that's our story. What's our guy's name? Trip. No. Trip Fisk. He sells swords. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um. Oh, God. What's one of my favorite lines of all time is from uh, was it the Danger of Swords or whatever it's called. They're not for decoration. Yeah, one of my favorite lines of all time is he meets Batman. And Batman, uh, <laughs> Batman basically is like, look, I used to be addicted to sucking dick. So, uh, so you know, whatever. And then, uh, and then later, he found out that Trip Fisk used to sell swords, and people died from it, and that's why he hates swords now. And he goes up against the the bad guy; he's going to kill him. And he goes, "Killing me won't change the fact that you used to sell swords." And he goes, "Yeah, well, Batman sucked a lot of dicks." <laughs> he goes, well, "What does that mean?" He goes, "It means people can change." <laughs> that's it. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I didn't know Ninja Train. Cautionary Tale of so Swords. Brutal. That's a Cautionary called. Tale of Swords. Yeah, that's great. We call him uh, Tyler Dirtbag. Skag Dagman. <laughs> Skag Dagman. Clancy Constantine. We need a we need a uh Quirty... a hacker name. Boner fart. 69. <laughs> Rap God. Did you hear Rap God. Did you hear about Oh man, one of one of our friends kids had the Xbox name Rap God, and his dad made him change it. And we were like, why? That's perfect. That's he's like, great. He's like, I don't want my 12-year-old son having the name Rap God at Xbox. I'm like, no, you. that's exactly what you want. Yeah, he, he, I can't believe he got that name. I can't believe he got that name either. Like, how did he get it before Eminem? <laughs> Eminem has a song called Rap God. Shockwave update. <laughs> iTunes you. update. Denizen. Norton. You're just naming crappy programs. Yeah, but they're retro, so he'd be like, "Yeah." You're putting a lot of crap on this guy. I like Skag as a first name. Yeah. For a future ha- for a cyberpunk hacker, could his name just be Skag? Yeah. Call him. Give him a normal last name. Yeah. If he was a hacker, he wouldn't tell people his last name. Yeah. Really. He'd just be You're Skag. Right. He'd just be hacker name. Yeah. yeah. Skag. Like crash with two G's. Yeah. Skag with two G's and an underscore after. But my one question is: he <laughs> No a, is, underscore in between the G's. Is he elite Stag- or is good, he not good. elite? I think he is it's, mid-level. It's funnier if he's not elite. So he's making his way to elite. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this will be like... Um, Spies like us. So Angelina Jolie won't talk to him yet. No, he's not supposed to be a spy, and he's just a hacker to get porn. Neither are spies like us. They're not supposed to be spies. Right. Okay, so Skag... Okay, so what, what? Nuclear launch codes are one thing, but the future. What, what? What do you think? Like a it, computer virus that gets into people's heads? Yeah, it's got to be. A, it's got to be a future get thing. The black shakes, man. Yeah, and it's some. It should be something that affects everyone in their normal life. And he's found the answer to this thing that's like a plague. <clears throat> and they're using it to target a specific group of people. Communists. So what if it's like our government, but and then that- and then only a small group of non-corrupt FBI agents. Are actually investigating this on their own, and they're the one. He's their he's their their ace in the hole, so to speak. That's the name of the movie, Ace in the Hole. That's good, Ace in the Hole. Maybe his name's Ace. That's a good pun. Skag Ace. No, Ace. Because because he will have to have sex with virtual ladies in front of these people. It's true. To pretend that he's not there. Are you a cop? <laughs> are you a cop? Ooh, baby, it yeah. feels so good. <laughs> one zero one zero zero one zero. Smack him. It's funny. Ooh, baby, it feels so good. <laughs> he has to, like, stand in idle yeah. animations that repeat. He's like, now suck his dick. It's real funny. <laughs> yeah, so his name's Ace, the hacker. We'll call him Ace Redman. 
Sorry, that's a terrible joke. Damn it. <laughs> Ace Redman, because backwards it's Red Menace. But what if he's like... That was that was Doug's uh, joke. I think he's more of like a freedom person. We can call him like Freely. Ace, Ace Freely. Freely? Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to stab you in the neck right now. For Ace Biggums. If I've been stabbed every time you threaten to stab me. No, Ace is, <laughs> Ace is his, his hacker name. Yeah, right? he wouldn't have a last name. Ace yeah. Ace underscore Biggums. <laughs> Yeah, Ace. Ace underscore hacker. Little <laughs> little X, Lee big Haxor. X, little X, Ace. Little right. X, big X, little X. So call Ace in the hole because yeah. he has to pretend to have sex with these virtual ladies yeah, and yeah. be a virtual man himself. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's funny. I like all right. it. It's yeah. funny. All right. Does it hit it. all of our components? Yeah. So, so oh, wait. So what's the what's the issue that, that he's he has to eavesdrop on these guys? World leaders meeting together to perpetuate some kind of disease you get from being in the web too long. Yeah. Is that kind of a little too much like Snow Crash, though? That is a bit like Snow Crash. Well, Snow Crash, somebody has to give it to you specifically. Okay. Like, you know, hey, man, you want to try some Snow Crash? Yeah. Yeah. What? Unless it unless it does something specific. Maybe it is like a mind control thing. Maybe it maybe it forces Just you to. Just a little to, more patriotic. Just a little more party line. Yeah, you're a little less likely to. Like, it, the, the, it gives you a lot of subliminal cues so you won't unseat the incumbent or something. Yeah. What do we call it? So what if it's just like Ace a, in the hole? Just like no, a, no, no. The 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 stuff they're using. What if it's just like a backdoor into anyone's head at any time? What do what do they call it in the NSA? The backdoor into everybody's phones and stuff. Prism. Prism. Yeah, we we'll call it Prism two point oh. No. Prism rape. Something. something. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God, fuck you. Kaleidoscope. Spectrum. Spectrum prism. Because a prism. Yeah. Call it Spectrum. Spectrum. Cool. All right. So, so our movie's Ace in the Hole, and the thing that he's he find, finds out about is Spectrum, which has been long rumored by the hacking community. And like, uh, you ever see that movie? Hackers. He needs to be like no, a no. non-believer too that it doesn't exist, and then he stumbles upon. It. He's there's, like, there's, oh no! There's a, there's a movie where um, Cyclops, the guy who plays Cyclops, James Marsden, yeah, goes to a town. He's a teenager, and the kids who rebel show up at school as like prep kids the next day and they act completely different and they only hang out with each other. And then he finds out it's because their parents actually pay people, pay people to operate on them and insert like this thing behind their eye that controls them. Mm-hmm. And then it happens to his best friend. Ooh, that's Ooh. It was a cool movie. It's uh, it, it's not a great movie, but it's the idea is creepy enough to carry the entire film. What is that movie called? Let me look up James Marsden real quick so that I can, um, I can link it on the podcast. Must love dogs. <laughs> But the first one is like a command. Must. (laughs) (laughs) If love dogs. (laughs) If exist, then love dogs. All right. So the movie was called Disturbing Behavior. Oh. It was good. I've seen the cover before. Um, It's actually, I mean, it's like I said, it's not a great movie. Not rated very well. But the idea is good enough to carry an entire film. And I think it does. All right. So you guys ready? Yeah. Ace in the hole. Ace in the hole. Ace in the hole. Ace in the hole. For an amateur hacker by the name of Ace, the world of private virtual reality servers was a treasure trove of cheap thrills. Happy birthday, Surprise, motherfuckers! But after hacking into one of his most difficult targets yet, 
he was in for a surprise of his own. Oh yeah, baby! You like that, don't you, baby? That's it? Oh, yeah. A porno loop? Oh yeah, baby! <sighs> you like that, don't you, baby? Whatever. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, baby! You like They've already patched it. When's the next phase? I'll upload it after this. I've had to make alterations to ensure compliance. You had to alter Spectrum? I was assured it was randomized. Shit, that's the vice president. Did you just hear something? Of course. I can't unhear this cheesy shit. Is it just me, or was this man not here before? No, I think he was. After reporting information on the Spectrum virus to the FBI, Ace discovered that his skills were very much in demand. Do I really have to wear this? The diaper is essential. You have to belong. Jesus Christ. Someone is onto us. I got seven subpoenas on my desk this morning alone. Hang on. Does this giant baby look familiar to you? Goo goo gaga, suck my rattle, baby. I don't know, it looks fine. Join Ace and our nation's top detectives as they take down a worldwide digital conspiracy in Ace in the Hole. Thank you everyone for listening to Bad Storytellers, now presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream us from Google Play. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to thank my writing group again, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Now remember, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Bad Storytellers on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.